I refuse to accept body glitter if the cost is also low-rise jeans. Oh my god. Oh, f*** low-rise jeans. F*** them so hard. I hate them. Hi, welcome to Millennials Talk About Fashion in 2022. And welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, one of your hosts, and I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today, and it's, you know, a fun one. My uh, my name for today is Benleaf Artgiver. Aww. Aww. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a little guy. Yeah, what a friendly sounding fellow. <laughs> I know. Just giving some art, I guess. Yeah. I immediately thought of the fox from Animal Crossing, but that's just because I have like 300 hours in Animal Crossing. Oh my God. So it's not too far from my thoughts at any time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What about you guys? Who are you? Well, my name's Sam, but today in Fantasyland, you can call me Russell Swordtoothed. Oh, that's also wow. good. You got yeah. a full na- you got a real name. Again. A real yeah. name. <laughs> you got yeah. Russell. I'm Russell. I'm not Jake, I'm Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'll only ever re- do I remember any of the other ridiculous <laughs> no. ones? No. no. Do I remember that I was Jake? Yes. I'm uh, so mad that Jake is the most memorable thing <laughs> in this fantasy generator. Uh, uh, the absolute worst. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it like Jake Godhaver or something? Like- it was God's cloth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But today, it is Russell Swordtoothed. Wow. I and mean, that's also very good. So do you have, good. like, swords for teeth? Um, Like, little tiny ones? Maybe my teeth are just, like, made of iron. Oh, I'm like the the Iron Teeth Witches and Throne of Glass. Except Oof. I'm a dude. Russell could be a girl's name. We're it's gender inclusive here, so could be anybody. <laughs> I can be whatever I want. <laughs> you're like those deep sea worms that have the metal jaws. Oh, yeah. 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 Or you're or you're like a like a feathered dragon, so you rustle when you fly and your teeth are as sharp as swords. Oh fuck yeah. That's I think good. Russell is such a good name for a dragon. <laughs> Wait, is it? I thought it was R U S S E L. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But it, but it's a homonym. It's like a a joke mm. name. Oh, it's a pun. Sure. Yeah, that's the one. It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's I've a punny known, name. I've just known so many Russells who were just like the dudists of dudes that I yeah. cannot imagine it as a dragon. My name is Hannah, but for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me by my randomly generated fantasy name, which is Freer Heartseer. Aw, what a good name. Freer Heartseer. Freer like Heartseer. It's Freer with three E's. Oh, <laughs> God. God. <laughs> freer Heartseer. Too many E's. <laughs> wow. Heartseer is like a fantasy ass name. That That's is, a yeah. good fantasy name. I've for read sure. a book that has that in it, surely. If you haven't, someone's been slacking. Yeah. I don't know who, but someone for sure. Probably Mercedes Lackey, given just the sheer amount the of volume I've read. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, that's me, Freer. Hi, Freer. 
Freer, Russell, and whoever you were. Ben Leaf? Ben Leaf. Ben Leaf. Ben, ben, ben Russ and Free. Free. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the chapters we read. <laughs> Instead of just making random sounds <laughs> that we find funny. The chapters we read this week were Trail of Oil and Worshippers of Hellgrind. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you guys tell us what happened in the, um, in Aragon, the book Aragon that we're reading, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. It's the book that we're reading, that's called Aragon. Aragon. It's Aragon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Aragon. With the character named Aragon, who, guess what, wakes up with a hangover. Whoa. <laughs> and Whoa. we learn that... The apparent hangover cure as to Brahms' expertise is copious amounts of hot tea, water, and then all washed down with brandy. So, Sophie, that's pretty friendly for you. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so then after we learn that, our two companions now head off to search the city for clues of where the seether oil may be in the city. Both discover that the oil arrives in a warehouse somewhere, but Brom takes things to the next level and impersonates a bard to get into the castle and then find out more information. And I just gotta say, we're probably gonna talk about it later, but the scene that he described was just... (laughs) We'll get into it. Anyways, (laughs) turns out that two slaves come down to deliver or the oil of the castle or like something to do with two slaves so aragon comes up with this great plan where him and brom will then impersonate those slaves and find the rizak because of course nothing could ever go wrong with that plan no aragon then relays this plan to safira and at the end he says he wants to visit carvajal which is fair and safira responds in the most non-sympathetic way possible (laughs) hashtag rude like just just not didn't leave a good feeling in my in my heart so uh anyways what what happened in the warshipers chapter hannah well in warshipers of hellgrind uh <laughs> brom leaves a note telling aragon to go explore dressleona and to stay out of trouble so aragon goes and promptly finds trouble he encounters a slave auction which makes him rightfully upset and then ends up at the cathedral to hellgrind he goes inside and kneels at the altar for some reason, and when he gets up, both of the Razak and a contingent of soldiers are waiting for him in the door. Aragon manages to escape and warns Safira and Brahm. They make a hasty escape from the city before it locks down around them, both Brahm and Aragon conspicuously using magic in the escape. And they meet up with Safira to hit the road. There's another storm, and then they finally stop for the night. Aragon is suddenly hit from behind, and the chapter ends on a cliffhanger as he's knocked out. Oh, dang. So. Dun, 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 Drama! Dun. I was so mad that I couldn't just read the next chapter. Yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I like, so I always, when I finish going through everything, because at the end we like guess what happens next, I always immediately mm-hmm. go read the titles of the next two chapters, and it was like, the hardest thing oh. for me to do to not just like dip down and check what the like lines yeah. are on the next chapter. I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Just the chapter title, just the chapter title. Yeah. I think yeah. I read the first like couple of words of the next one because I was like, oh, and he was just waking up. And then I was like, no, don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You're right. Aragon waking up at the beginning of a chapter is not a spoiler. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Especially when he's unconscious at the end of the previous one. (laughs) (laughs) 
some good times in these chapters. <laughs> I liked, yeah, I mean, we should start at the beginning instead of at the end, but it was, yeah, a good, like, <laughs> dramatic ending of the second chapter. I was like, so dramatic. I do have to know what's going to happen next. Yep. <laughs> well, to go back to the beginning, <laughs> I really feel for Aragon here. <laughs> Hangovers suck. But, <laughs> like, at 15... Like, yeah. I feel like it took me a while until I started getting, like, actually really bad hangovers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like he probably shouldn't even have a hangover. It's not like he was falling down drunk the night before. He was still coherent. I guess it was, like, his first but time. That's true. Being drunk? I assume so. I assume. Yeah. But I feel like it was only once my, like mid to late 20s hit that i was like ah what you mean i'm gonna wake up and can't like recover immediately (laughs) dang yeah bummer so rude well did you try hot tea ice water and brandy maybe that will do it you know i've never tried the brandy (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the other two are like 90 percent of your consumption in a day anyway yeah, like pretty much the only thing I do is already <laughs> hot tea and ice water. There you go. You've done it. I've done I mean, it. it. Isn't I don't drink very much, so I'm not that experienced. But isn't a hangover mostly dehydration? So like tea and water would probably be a good cure. Yeah, I think as long as it's caffeine free. Even though. Oh yeah. I don't. I think caffeine isn't technically supposed to be good for a hangover, but I still need it. <laughs> but it still is a requirement. I mean, I feel like you got to counteract your alcohol depressant with a caffeine stimulant, right? If you're going to be consuming all of these uh, sure. liquefied, legalized drugs, <laughs> it also yeah. doesn't say that they like eat anything. And like, no, it that doesn't. Is probably the most important part. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, man, though, to be 15 and have young hangovers again. <laughs> Not that any of us were drinking at 15, because that's illegal. I oh, literally I mean... didn't drink at 15 because it was illegal. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm kind of uptight. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I follow all the rules all the time. I, um... I don't know that the illegality played so much into it as did the fact that I was just not cool enough. <laughs> I, there was also that. Did I even have friends when cool I was 15? I don't think no. so. <laughs> anyway, um, the book yep. <laughs> that we're talking about. Okay, I'm gonna, I feel like this is gonna be a weird thing that I just take exception to for the rest of the book. Uh-huh. So they leave the inn or wherever that they're staying and they walk past this like fancy man's house Uh and he's got like a courtyard with mosaic mother of pearl and the walls are inlaid with gold and there are statues with incense and i'm like religious statues (laughs) 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 holding incense to what religion (laughs) i mean they're in draciona so probably to hellgrind but then wouldn't the statues be of hellgrind they're like people statues. Maybe they're priests? Maybe. Yeah. They, he didn't mention if the statues were missing body parts, though. That's true. The other thing was that, okay, like, we all agree a courtyard is an area that is fully enclosed. Uh-huh. 
by buildings and Uh yet aragon can see everything that's inside of it but like two seconds later it says that all of the fancy houses are like gated yeah so like (laughs) so so did he decorate the outside of his courtyard with mother of pearl and gold and incense i was thinking maybe it was one of those ones that has like a gate so you can like walk through it oh so you could like see through it too yeah or like the road goes through it so you can like show off how fancy he is i guess i don't know yeah i was just like because i was i was picturing it as like inside a courtyard and then i was trying to picture like having statues with incense on the outside wall of your courtyard and i was like (laughs) that seems like a wild expense (laughs) yeah i mean this guy is uh, apparently yeah quite a fella super rich super rich and has no conscience according to brahm it was a fun line. He yes. answers only to the king and his own conscience, which hasn't been very active recently. <laughs> <laughs> I do good. like that. Yeah, that's a good one. A good Brown one. has a couple of zingers in him. A couple of zingers, yeah. Yeah. I did also like so Mother of Pearl is like a is like a gastropod thing. It's like a yeah. a fancy shell. Which is fun. Just a yeah. fun thing. Fun little detail. I wonder if they are using a freshwater species since they're right on Leona Lake, or if he has to import it from somewhere near the sea. That's interesting, yeah, because you can have, like, freshwater mussels that have, like, a little bit, right? But they don't have, like, yeah. a ton. Yeah, in real life. But, like, in fantasy, who knows? Yeah, maybe they have magic giant cephalopods that... Ooh. Like, Do cephalopods have... have... Not- I guess, Nautilus like, a Nautilus do. could be, yeah. yeah. They have the shiny inside. Yeah. Normally you see it on like abalone. Yeah. I looked up nacre. That's what it's called. Okay. As well. Sure. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> it's like essentially the same thing that pearls are made of. Pearls are, it's on the outside and then shells, it's on the inside mm-hmm. kind of thing. And <laughs> I, I'm going to try and describe. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a schematic of the microscopic structure of nacre layers. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's like, Someone just like wildly scribbled all over a page and then just put like parallel brown blocks on top of it in mm, like mm-hmm. like you're writing a letter and it's all been censored out. <laughs> it's just like the most ridiculous. It's like um I think it's a Twitter account and I don't remember the exact name but it's science diagrams that look like posts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like it belongs on that account. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah like brown blocks all stacked like a brick wall and then just someone's wildly scribbled in between all of them that's very strange that's just science (laughs) i mean if i've learned anything from being back in academia it's that like regular scientists are often expected to just make their own diagrams (laughs) like you're not given like a budget for like an artist to do stuff which is what you should do mm-hmm. so like yeah i would have to do something like this if i was talking about nacre in a paper yeah <laughs> like I, yeah i'd make it look terrible the anyway. amount of powerpoint figures i have made oh is my god embarrassing <laughs> i am not artistic in the slightest me neither the thing that's getting me with this diagram is that the rectangles don't all have the same line weight <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> Which is really bothering me. I'm confused by what I'm looking at. (laughs) Ah, it's just the worst.
It's terrible. Anyway. I hope we remember to, <laughs> to tweet, tweet a picture this. of this. Otherwise, it's going to be real uh, confusing. Surely. Surely we'll surely. remember. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So that's many. my fun mother of pearl fact. To talk about a visual thing that no one can see <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Should we talk about how uh, they, like, Scooby-Doo this thing and split up to look for clues? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then they both basically come up with the same clues. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what my notes, <laughs> my notes say in quotes. We can't do this together. Proceeds to find out the exact same thing as each other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was not really a fruitful. Yeah. Brahm was like, we definitely can't cover the whole city together. We better split up. And then like, ex- yeah, the exact same information. They both get yeah. the exact same information. <laughs> Yeah, only Brom gets more of it. Yeah. And Aragon just, like, stops at step two. Yeah, it's funny (laughs) that, like, I don't think I normally see in, like, fantasy novels for things like this, where the main character isn't the one who, like, (laughs) does stuff. (laughs) Aragon doesn't really do things. Stuff happens to Aragon. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff happens adjacent to Aragon. Yeah. He doesn't have main character energy. Brom does. Yeah. Brom has so much main character energy. Safira could have so much main character energy if she got, like, any screen time. Yeah. The book about Aragon is definitely, like, a teen novel. The book about Mm -hmm. Brom is, like, a full (laughs) 800-page fantasy series. Okay, but imagine... Why do I want that? I want that so bad. It would be so funny because he's so cranky. Yeah. Yeah. I want the, like, four books of just in between where he's just living in Carvajal waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we need a Midnight Sun of Aragon (laughs) where it's from Brum's perspective. And now that Paulini is an adult... I can believe that after we were betrayed by Midnight Sun, we're over here being like, you know what actually is a good idea? Midnight Sun. Uh, fool me once. <laughs> but I haven't been fooled twice yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I would love a book in Brahms internal monologue. It would be yeah. so funny. <laughs> only, again, only if it was actually different information. Yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. don't want to read yeah, this yeah. same book again. But from I, Brahms' perspective, I would. with no... I, of course you would. You would, yes. You, no, you want the book from Safira's perspective to get yeah. the exact same thing. I do want that. Yeah. I mean, you we could have all three. You could have all three. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do when I become uh, a famous writer for writing an extremely mediocre YA book. I'm going to do what Stephanie Meyer did. But instead of writing the same book three times, I'm going to do it four times. Whoa. <laughs> it's going to have four main characters and Damn. they're each going to get to tell their story. <laughs> well, the nice thing about like being someone who understands that there are more than two genders is that you can do like eight different gender bends. Whoa. That's oh. true. You could do like infinity gender bends. Yeah. I mean, even if you it. even if you like stick with binary genders, there's also different sexualities like what if it's twilight but everyone is gay okay but then it's not the same plot <laughs> it can still be the same plot it could be the yeah there's Where... no reason Ed- edward oh i Edwarda, see what you're saying there's right, no okay. reason edwarda can't you be do, a very like thirsty hundred year old yeah <laughs> okay you edward can do different now... combinations 
Edwina. Edwina. <laughs> That's what her name is. There was. is now an Edwina in mainstream television, so it is completely appropriate for Edward to be named Edwina. I'm amazing. So mad that we're talking about Twilight again. <laughs> <laughs> we can't escape it. We can't escape it. Do you want to bring us back on track? <laughs> First, I need to say that at my lab where I currently am working, I've been parking in like the same spot for the past couple of days. And the person who parks beside me has a Jeep Wrangler. And every time I see them, I'm like, ooh, vampires. Let's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in a crustacean posting group on Facebook, obviously. Oh, and nice. one of the things that gets reposted most frequently is that post about how um, a lobster is more aerodynamic than a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. There's just apparently a lot more Jeep Wranglers in the world than now I thought before we read Twilight. Yeah, now that we're looking for them, we can see them. Do you yep. have an anecdote you want to share about how your daily life reminds <laughs> you of Twilight, Sam? I had my blood taken today. <laughs> That's a great point. That's even more Twilight adjacent than our yeah. Jeep Wranglers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Get well soon, Sam. Yeah. Thanks. Did you hear that Galbatorix is going to visit Drasleona in a week and it's the first time he's left Urubain in over 10 years? What a coincidence. Yeah. Damn. Wow. I can't believe that he's going to Drasleona instead of anywhere else. Weird. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's, That's so, so strange. Such a strange coincidence. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. It can't be for the plot or anything like that. Nah. The funny thing is like, in universe, at least with the information we're presented in these chapters, it actually does seem like it's a coincidence. Yeah. Which is buck wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely buck wild. Like <laughs> the first time in over a decade that he's leaving his like creepy old palace or whatever. Yeah. And he's just gonna happen to be in Drasleona the same time Aragon is there to like exact his revenge on the Razak. Like Damn. So wild. It is wild. Yeah. And like they're just like, dang, that's happening. Well, guess we better c- keep staying here for a few more days and doing stuff. It's like, no, yeah. maybe you should leave. Maybe you should leave. I, yeah, I love that the reaction is like, oh, well, we should kill the Razak quickly and then leave. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that that'll that'll save it. Uh huh. That'll do it. <laughs> that will make sure he doesn't get there even faster. Yeah, it's like, oh uh, yeah, you might have been able to just leave and. He would have been none the wiser. Yeah. But no, if you like kill his Razak two days before he arrives yeah. on his like ancient dragon. <laughs> yeah, with very flamboyant magic. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no matter what they do to kill these Razak, it's going to be obvious, I'm sure. Yeah, well, especially because Brahm says we don't want to be within 20 leagues of him. And it's uh-huh. like, is that like a. Is that like a range thing? Does, does magic work for like 20 leagues? He's just so fast that they need yeah. at least a 20 league head start. I guess so. Like it I would mean, make His dragon's sense. over 100 years old, right? Like his dragon's probably huge and fast. Yeah. Well, it would like make sense if we hadn't established that Saphira goes basically the same speed as the horse. Yeah. <laughs> I did just do very quick math oh yeah leagues is like how much a horse can go in like a day oh ish like they can obviously go much further if they're really good but like roughly you could i mean have you seen snowfire though wow what a special horse he is (laughs) again not the main character's horse (laughs) (laughs) i still don't know why snowfire is such a special horse (laughs) yeah he hasn't really done anything but he's like so special it's the shadow facts effect yeah. yeah. But it's isn't Shadowfax some... actually special? 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like he needed a shadow fax because Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it was probably something that just like is very important to Christopher Paolini. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe he had a horse named Snowfire. Aw. Or maybe uh. he just really liked shadow fax. Yeah. <laughs> I will probably die on this hill. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it tracks. <laughs> yeah, it's very clear, I would say. <laughs> I like that Aragon. It's like, oh, I I can't fight the king. And Bram is like, mm, you're right, you can't fight the king. I'm like, I feel like you probably can't fight the Razak either. <laughs> yeah, right? And no one's talking about that. <laughs> like, like, that's what I thought. I was like, why does this kid think he can take the Razak? Like, what? Uh, why does Bram think he can take them? Like, yeah. Also that. Why are like, we all delusional? There are, like, there are also several of them. Like, there's two there's, at least, there's right? There's two. Yeah, I think there's only two. Okay. Like, if but there was still. one, maybe. But there's yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, there's two. And, like, Aragon's never actually fought anybody. Yeah. I guess he fought those Urgles once. But yeah. that's it. What are you talking about? He fights Brahm all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't count. They're not actually fighting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I feel like maybe, like, fight some dudes. <laughs> some right. Go grind out in the forest for yeah. the levels. And then... <laughs> Yeah, like, go hang out in the tall grass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm concerned for Aragon's safety. Yeah, me too. Uh, also, like, Galvatorx has been king for, like, like, a hundred years? Something like that, yeah. More? It's, like, weird to me that Aragon keeps being, like, specifically for, like, the slave thing. They mentioned, yeah. like... There are slaves here. And then Aragorn's like, I thought the riders got rid of the slave trade. And then Brahm is like, well, it like the when the king came into power, he's brought it back. And it's like, how why would Aragorn not know that? <laughs> like, yeah. Like the country's been under Galvatorx's rule for like at least 60 years more than Aragorn's been alive. <laughs> yeah. Like surely everyone knows this. I feel like um, if it had been consistent up to this point that because Aragon is from a very small, isolated village at, like, one end of the kingdom, that he, like, wouldn't know things about the rest of the kingdom. Like, I, I could get behind yeah. that, except that hasn't been the case. We talked about when they had the map out, he was, like, pointing oh, yeah. at all these places and he knew all of these things about all yeah. these places. And, like, he knows about Serta, which is the distinct country to the south of them. yeah. So, like, there is no continuity of Aragon being ignorant, but then also there's things like this. Yeah. And it's weird that, like, like the first thing he thinks is, like, I thought the riders got rid of the slave trade. Like, in a country that is ruled by someone who, like, usurped the riders, yeah. that sort of information should have been, like, raised yeah. from history. You know? Like, that yeah. shouldn't be something that people know. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah, Sam kind of mentioned this, but yeah, like right before that is Brom talking about how he like snuck into the palace and yeah. <laughs> sat in the servants' quarters and wandered around and got all this information and then got out and was like, now I know everything. Yeah, crazy. Like, like, did you just imagine like Brom in this like barred getup and just like <laughs> I, I just envisioned this absolutely ridiculous scenario where he's like at a feast and just like being ridiculous with like women all over him. <laughs> like, I don't know 
why, but this is what my brain thought of. And I think I just put it together in my head. I think it's because that's like what I saw in The Witcher with Jaskier. Yeah. So I was I just basically imagining Brom as Jaskier. <laughs> Anyways. <quite> <laughs> yeah. I just, there was a, quite a visual. Like I when I read that, I was just like, I don't know why, but I just imagined Brom being like a seductive bard with women all over him. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, it's his bushy bushy eyebrows and bushy bushy beard gets it all the ladies. It has to be. It's all the ladies. Mm-hmm. I will note I read this before blood was taken from me, um, so okay. I was in my sane mind. But, um, <laughs> and that's still what it came up with. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird to me that like that's like not an insignificant event no. to take place in a book that yeah. just like the main character was not present for or yeah. like the audience was like <laughs> I might just be biased because I'm reading a series about bards right now like yeah. both of the main characters are all bards and literally both books have like chapters upon chapters of them sneaking into a palace to like listen <laughs> yeah. to what the servants are saying and then figure out how to break in after and it's like so much time <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, it's weird that this was just one paragraph. That's like when they cross the spine, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like not you important. Just were, you were just in the palace? <laughs> yeah, you just got in there and like, that was fine. And especially, like, I'm assuming this is, what's his face? Like, the fancy bands. Marcus Tabor? Yeah, Marcus Tabor. Yeah, and it's like, they kind of talked about how cool it was at the beginning of this chapter and i was like man i kind of wish we got to see how cool it was inside yeah nope only brahm only brahm i mean brahm doesn't care about how cool the palace is he just needs the facts and the facts are that some uh earl has three mistresses who all live in the same wing of the palace and also that the seether oil gets taken to Hellgrind every time there's a full moon yeah, which at least is useful. Yeah, the servants know that. <laughs> yeah, and they just like chat about it. <laughs> yeah, especially because like the people who like the slaves who take the oil are murdered as soon as they get there. Yeah, I guess to keep it a secret. <laughs> but then <laughs> all the secretive. servants know. I mean, it's very common in any fantasy or even historical romance or historical fictions that the servants know everything. Like. Yeah. That's a very yeah. common trope for him to play into. So I'm I'm not really surprised, but I'm more surprised that they weren't caught sooner because these two were not being conspicuous at all. Like they were just no, yeah, definitely not inconspicuous. Or, yeah. You know, words. Yeah. 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 The one where they're <laughs> sneaky. They weren't yeah. sneaky. They were not sneaky. I got kind of the vibe that it's like, again, speaking of tropes, like that one scene in the curse of the black pearl where they're talking about the black pearl and it's like oh she does all of these things and never leaves any survivors and jack sparrow's like no survivors so where do the stories come from and i feel like it's that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. it's like, Ooh, nobody knows like they murder everybody so the story doesn't get out but everybody knows the story but everyone <laughs> yeah. knows the story That's how do they know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> also i love just that like like i don't know if we'll get this in this book since now Brahm and Aragon had to run away. Yeah. But I actually want to know where the Razak live in Hellgrind. Me too. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, they live in Hellgrind. And I'm like, 
the mountain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just camp out on top of it? I don't know which chapter it was in, but Aragon does talk about that. He's like, they yeah. either live like in some like secret hidden base at the bottom of the mountain, or they live at the top of the mountain where only a dragon or whatever their evil Razak dragons are can get to. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I assume it's the second, but like, yeah. then I feel like that probably doesn't, like, I would imagine then why not just be like, oh, and the spooky mountain with a spooky castle on top of it, you know, like, yeah, like, do they just live in like tents? <laughs> I was guessing they live in like caves. Yeah. I guess. Like, I, you know how yeah. in Minecraft you can like hollow out a mountain and live inside it, Sophie? Uh huh. Yeah. Some <laughs> people might do that. Some people might do that. Some I feel like that's that what they're doing. <laughs> every time they play Minecraft, <laughs> they might just pick a mountain and hollow it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's my lizard brain. <laughs> uh huh. Your Razak brain wants My to Razak brain hollow. <laughs> hollows the mountain out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny to me. Also, Safira's like, oh, Hellgrind. Of course they live there. A fitting place for them. So yes. You've never seen Hellgrind. You've never seen it. Like, what have you even heard about Hellgrind other than it looks spooky? Like, there's <laughs> nothing. It's just a mountain. It's like, how would you know any. Like, Aragon doesn't know anything about Hellgrind. Are you, like, having secret chats with Brahm overnight where he gives you all of, like, the backstory and you don't tell Aragon either? Right. Like. Or do dragons have that, like, kind of um, history memory where, like, they can, like, just remember stuff from their ancestors kind of deal? Because that's you sometimes in fantasy as well. Well, that's what I thought, but um, I don't think we talked about it in our last episode, but in the last set of chapters we read, I think it was the last set. It's hard to remember. (laughs) 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 Braum tells Aragon, who then tells Saphira, that her egg was initially, like, in Galbatorx's possession. Yeah. And she reacts with surprise and disgust that she was once owned by him. So you'd think if right. she had some kind of like True. cultural or like pre-birth memory, she would be aware of that, but maybe not. I was more thinking like she was born with like the the map in her head kind of thing. Uh, like okay. more like yeah, so she doesn't have like the memories of what like when she was an egg but more is just born already knowing the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, that like make she already sense. knows the city. Yeah. She already knows like the ecosystems and like the climate and that kind of stuff. Cause I yeah. feel like that comes yeah. into play a few times in fantasy. I feel like that's yeah. not a new concept, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I believe that it is. I guess it, it, it is, could just be enough that like hell grind looks spooky. Therefore, True. It is a fitting place for that. <laughs> True, yeah. Uh-huh. I do still find it kind of entertaining how heavily Paulini leans into like Drasleona and like the worshippers of Hellgrind being <laughs> spooky and like macabre. It's like so in your face. Like there's absolutely no room to interpret this place as anything but creepy and evil. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, no matter how hard you tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then it was, like, so strange because, I mean, like, not to skip ahead a little bit, but in the next chapter, he goes into the cathedral yeah. of the Hellgrind guys, and there's, like, nobody there. Like, yeah. there's nobody doing anything creepy. And he kind but of, the like... the building is creepy. <laughs> but the way the building is described isn't necessarily creepy. 
like it's sort of like in intimidating or like i don't know i feel like he did a good job describing how a cathedral makes me feel regardless <laughs> when i go inside of it accurate which is yeah. like, like you're, you're about to like, burst into flame <laughs> yeah you're like oh god it's so big and what am i doing here what's happening but like yeah there's not like gore all over the altar and people missing parts of their bodies there are like gory scenes in the stained glass though i'm pretty sure he says yeah let me which is like a crazy thing to put in stained glass (laughs) yeah that's pretty wild like it was like oh fantastic beasts writhed on the walls and heroes and kings marched along their bottom edges like that doesn't you don't necessarily feel creepy and then like yeah but stained glass windows depicting scenes of anger hate and remorse pierce the walls is pretty creepy yeah but then like two seconds later it's like motes of golden dust floated through the air you know like yeah very atmospheric yeah very atmospheric very cathedral atmosphere which like didn't necessarily make me feel like i walked into this room and like it was all dark (laughs) and spooky true and then like yeah as he's like running away from the razak who show up (laughs) he like runs through a bunch of the priests and they're just like mom And yeah, it's like he sped through several chambers, startling a group of priests. Shouts and curses followed him. Like that's just, I don't know, <laughs> like regular people, just some guys. Just yeah, some guys. Before we get too into that, should yeah, we circle sorry. back to the end of the Trail of Oil chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we we've heard Sam's opinion about it. Yes, <laughs> made me mad. He just, he just was feeling homesick, and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I also currently feel homesick. <laughs> Unrelated. I was like, I feel like Aragon's being the one, or the one being unreasonable in this situation, where he's, like, hatched a dragon and gone off to, like, kill the personal servants of the king, and he's being so delusional. He's like, what? You know, when this is done, I can just go home. And it's like, you can't. Like, you knew you couldn't when you left, and you, you still can't. Like, come on, man. Yeah, like, I I kind of... He can't. He's going to get his whole town killed if he tries to go back after this. But, 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 realistically, when he goes back, it'll all be settled and the land will be in peace again. So why couldn't after he After killing back? the Razak? The, the Razak aren't the problem. The Razak are his personal problem. They're not the problem with the land. Oh. Like, sorry. he wants to kill the, the Razak I, and then go Yeah, home. okay. The way I interpreted it was, like... At the end of the entire saga, like he's uh, the story's over and he can go retire across the sea like Bilbo, but in Carvajal. <laughs> yeah, so that's more what I thought. Does Bilbo retire across the sea? I yeah, Bilbo and Frodo it. both go on the boat. I thought oh, Bilbo both... was just in Rivendell, but what the f- do I know? He, he he goes to Rivendell, but at the end, and like when Frodo goes on the boat, uh, Bilbo goes with him. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I like, again, the first time I read it, I was like, wow, what the f***, Saphir? Because, <laughs> like, it does sort of seem like maybe when we're done with all this bullshit, you and I can go back to this place where we both grew up, you yeah. know? And, like, the way Safira just, like, is like, what the hell? You can't go back. Like, all he says is we could visit Carvajal. Yeah, and then it's just a Sophia visit. says, you want to go back to your previous life? Stop thinking about it, you know? Like, you yeah. have to figure out what you're doing next. Like, you can't go back to your last life. I thought about it and I was like, that makes sense if 
we assume that all the times that Aragon has been like thinking about like, man, I wish I could just be a regular person. I wish I could have a regular mm. life. That Sephira is like hearing that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if they are like bonded in such a way that she can hear it. Mm-hmm. But or that he's mentioned it. But it ha- he hasn't said that he's told her that before. But anyway. But yeah. she could have also well, it's not in her character, so I'm also not shocked by her response. But it's like that could have been just worded so much more empathetically and just been more like well, maybe one day you can go back and visit, but just, like, remember, you got yourself into this, and you're in it for the long haul now. Instead of being like, stop being so stupid! Which yeah. I felt. <laughs> I kind of came at it in both this chapter, and there's a moment in the next one, where, to me, it seems like Sephira is upset because she is interpreting that Aragon doesn't want the life he has with her. Yeah. And mm. that, like, she seems to think that he wants to go back to the way he was before she existed, and she knows that she's incompatible with that lifestyle. So I'm kind of coming at it from the perspective of, like, she is upset that Aragon would rather have a life without her when she doesn't, like, have an option and also had no control over it, really. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't ask to be born. <laughs> yeah, I would I mean, be pretty upset if I had, like, a, a sh- yeah, I guess she kind of explicitly did. <laughs> But, like, if I, I don't know, had, like, a friend or a partner or something and I moved somewhere with them and they spent all of their time talking about how they wish they could go back and be like, okay, but, like, we're here together and you just want to leave, like, (laughs) I would be bothered. So I kind of get that. But I feel like all of this could have been alleviated if they just talked about their feelings a little bit better. (laughs) Like, if Sophia had just communicated that, hey... This kind of seems like you're saying you don't want me to be in your future because you want to go back to the way things are. And Aragon's like, no, no, no. Like, I want you in my future. I'm just saying, like, I miss home. It'd be cool if we could visit every once in a while, maybe. And she'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, chill, done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she's too prideful. Oh, yeah. To admit to needing something. Oh, And for Aragon sure. is kind of selfish and oblivious and, like, doesn't realize the way his actions affect her. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, they're like teenagers, right? Yeah. They're both teenagers. Yeah. I'm just saying, from the perspective of an adult who was also a dumb teenager once, this could all have been avoided and they didn't have to be mean to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It does also feel a little bit like world building through something like conflict. Yeah. Well, like, so the way there, she immediately snaps back makes you feel like this is a conversation they've had before. So like without having to build up to it, right. It does seem like, yeah, this is the moment that Sephira like puts her foot down being like, yeah, you need to like, stop thinking about the past. You need to figure out what you're doing in the future, which like Mm -hmm. is fair. If you assume that they've had this conversation multiple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, which has happened before. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, with this conversation it's very clear that Sephira has made up her mind about what she wants to do yeah and Aragon from this conversation it seems like he agrees with her but like doesn't explicitly say it yeah Um, because yeah rather than dancing around it Sephira basically tells him like once this is done you only have two options you can join the Varden and you can go to Galbatorix and I will never go to Galbatorix he says if I have to choose you know I'll go with you to the Varden 
Yeah. And she responds, yes, but sometimes you have to hear yourself say it. Yeah. Yeah. So it does kind of feel like she's made up her mind and she's annoyed that he either hasn't or won't commit to it. Yeah. Especially if it feels like they're in this partnership, but Aragon hasn't decided yet that he wants to be like a quote unquote hero. Yeah. Right. Like he hasn't yet decided. There's like a couple times in this chapter, I guess the next chapter where he's like, oh, if I fight back against Galbatorix, I can get rid of slavery. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's clear that he's still undergoing the process of deciding that he's not just in this to fight the Razak. Mm-hmm. He's like going to try and make a bigger change. And mm-hmm. so Saphir's probably like, I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. When it must be so annoying for her that she has no choice, really, because like she's a dragon. Yeah. Just by yeah. existing, she has to be either aligned with or against the emperor. The yeah, <laughs> what's his? He's not an emperor. He's not uh, an emperor. <laughs> Galvatorix. Yeah, uh, big king. the king or the, the king. big king. Whereas like Aragon had a life and therefore still entertains the possibility of a life where he isn't just like a weapon. Yeah. So it's definitely um conflicting all kinds perspectives. Of, yeah, all kinds of interesting. Ways that the characters could grow that I wonder if we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust Paolini's ability to, like, work out the nuances of those no. viewpoints. 15-year-old no. Paolini, at least. Yeah, yeah, There's he no could probably way. do it now, but yeah. 15-year-old, I don't know. Who knows? That's so many possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we move on to the second chapter? The second chapter, I mean, we've touched on so yeah. many parts of it already yeah. okay can i tell you my favorite part of this chapter by which i mean the stupidest part of this chapter yeah, yeah. they are staying in an inn like <laughs> trying to be like discreet yeah. and not draw attention to themselves and aragon wakes up after brahm has left and brahm has written a note on the yeah. wall in charcoal which is bizarre enough on its own, but the note says, Aragon, I will be gone until late tonight. Coins for food are under the mattress. Explore the city and enjoy yourself, but stay unnoticed. Signed, Brom. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> why, like, why did you have to address and sign this note? <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody else was going to be in this room. And, and like, we, we've established you can talk to, you can both talk to Sephira. Just like, tell her where you're going. Or just, like, at the very least, just, like, write it on the wall and don't advertise Aragon and Brahm are here. Yeah. Like, what if, oh I don't know, a housekeeper walks in and is like, huh, Aragon, what an unusual name. And, like, yeah. chatters with the other servants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, like, immediately, Ridiculous. like, yeah, the second part is, like, he adds a postscript being, like, avoid the palace, don't go anywhere without your bow. And Aragon's, like... Dang, I wish I didn't have to go armed all the time. And I'm like, you're in like a medieval fantasy book. Yep. Everybody has to go armed all the time. Like, everywhere. <laughs> all the time, everywhere. Uh-huh. Well, he was like a hunter in his pre-Sephira life. Like, are you not used to walking around with your bow everywhere you go? You like lived yeah. in the spine for weeks with just a bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, what a ding dong. Yeah, like, anyway. Ding dong. <laughs> These guys are yeah. both idiots. They're both idiots. <laughs> Uh, it's infuriating, but also sometimes very funny. Yeah. Like in this moment. Like I'm the this. wise old mentor. I'm going <laughs> to write on the wall and sign my name like you f***ing idiot. 
But this goes back to my point. They weren't being stealthy at all. No, not like, in the it's slightest. Not even shocking that the Razak found them. I was more no. like, literally the whole time I was reading this, I was like, okay, when is it coming? Because like, they're being so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's so a wild crazy. time. <sighs> they need to learn how to be a rogue. They need to take yeah. lessons <laughs> from me. From you specifically. From you specifically, Sam. For me, yeah. playing a rogue in a fantasy <laughs> game of role-playing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I also liked that, like, two seconds after he reads this note, he then immediately almost goes and does something stupid. Yep. Like, yep. like fair. Aragon is like, he goes <laughs> to the market or whatever and sees, like, a slave auction and he's like, f*** this! And yeah. immediately is about to cast magic to free them. And then he's like, well... Like, they would get away anyway and then they would immediately know i can do magic yeah he did manage to stop himself so that's yeah. progress i will progress. i will give him points for that yeah 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 kudos to him being like hold on <laughs> <laughs> yep. i could stop all of slavery if i fight galbatorix it's like yeah good yeah. job aragon it's yeah like- he's he says, uh, with Saphira by my side, I could free those slaves. I've been graced with special powers. It would be selfish of me not to use them for the benefit of others. It's like, okay, Anakin Skywalker, like, yeah. calm down. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, where Aragon switches from, like, true neutral to... Uh, <laughs> L- lawful good. Lawful good. Yeah. Chaotic good, good. Chaotic good, yeah. Chaotic good. Anyway... Yeah. Yeah, and then goes into the spooky question mark cathedral. Uh-huh. Which has a wind organ inside. Yeah, that's fun. Which but like the wind organ is inside. <laughs> well, I think the yeah. the outlet Her- is inside. You know, so it makes the music into the chapel cathedral. Uh, yeah. I guess and so. The pipes guys, are up. Did you guys yeah by any chance look up what a wind organ is no okay it, i'm doing it right now <laughs> no they don't really exist yeah it's just, no. i thought it was just a fantasy organ yeah there's like one that's like an art piece and it's just like bamboo poles yeah. that in theory play music i literally could not find a video of it actually playing music oh. so i don't know it's a cool idea i mean i get it, it is, i really like the idea of it yeah but yeah, it seems weird. Like, I feel like the one that exists, like, is fully exposed to wind because there's holes at, like, on the same bamboo, there's, like, holes at different heights. And I mm-hmm. assume that that's important. But, like, For, I don't like, know. the different tones and stuff, right? It, yeah, to make the different, different notes. notes. Right. It all depend on the length of the tubes and the volume of mm-hmm. air that goes through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know that, like, just having a short portion would like outside wouldn't like because this cathedral's gigantic it is huge yeah i think i was imagining it working like when you blow over the top of like a beer bottle oh but but then it couldn't have an opening inside the building maybe it resonates inside the building yeah maybe anyway i don't know it's a fun concept it is a fun concept i did find a video of like a wind harp which oh. is like absolutely bonkers. It's just a regular harp that you put out <laughs> on like the cliffside in Ireland and it plays creepy music and it's amazing. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> so if that's anything like what the wind organ sounds like, I'm here for it. Sure. <laughs> Wasn't there that book about like a wind, the, the wind, wind singer? singer? Yeah. Oh, what a good book. I vaguely remember it. It's at my parents' house, and every time I visit them, I'm like, oh, I should read that. I was, but I don't remember anything about it. I might read that next. I kind of want to read it now. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Hey, Sophie, did you notice that when Aragon goes into the chapel, he kneels at the altar but does not pray? Which implies (sighs) that sometimes he does pray. (laughs) Right? (laughs) My notes say he did not pray. Who would he pray to? Has he ever prayed? (laughs) Does he know what praying is? What's going on? I would never have noticed that if you weren't so impassioned about this issue. About this now, because like, (laughs) it's just like, what's happening? If they reveal later on that there is like an overarching monotheism, I'm going to be like, okay, so we were just supposed to assume. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because this was written by a 15 year old white American guy. Yeah. What like? Just very strange. (laughs) maybe it's like maybe this book is kind of like you know how the golden compass got like banned everywhere because it's about a guy who just is so mad he decides to go to heaven and fight god (laughs) and they were just like you can't fight god (laughs) this is christianity and so maybe it was the same thing where it was just like you gotta take you can't put any you gotta take indication of the god because if you acknowledge it someone's gonna be mad about it yeah maybe listen we uh christian folks are real sensitive about people killing god because they did that once and we based an entire religion around it whoops (laughs) isn't it god's son (laughs) yeah but it's a not tripartite i'm too much of a biology um it's like a tripartite god so he's both holy human and holy divine and he's one part of the whole oh got it listen if uh-huh. you did 12 years of catholic school you would i would know. sort of remember some of this stuff too <laughs> yeah i probably would yeah because they do that in um percy jackson too where like they have like i remember seeing rick riordan write about it where he's just like yeah we can talk about the greek gods by implying that they're like slightly below like being yeah. like yeah there might be a creator of everything we don't know <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's a mystery yeah not even the gods know wow yep okay, okay. anyway religious religious baloney stuff. aside uh there was zach up here for some uh-huh. reason somehow how did they somehow. know he was there the yeah, service. Like, but how did they know, but how did they know he was in the cathedral yeah. I don't know. The servants know everything, guys. The, that's true. The Such servants do know everything. <laughs> like, the only thing I can assume is somebody was spying on Brahm, because that's what Brahm says. He's like, someone must have decided yeah. my questions were suspicious. And then maybe they followed him back to the inn. Mm. And then the next morning, someone followed Aragon. Yeah, I believe that. I kind of yeah. just thought that they, they were probably being watched as soon as they got to the city. Yeah. And I feel like the Razak kind of just knew they were there that whole time and were just, like, waiting for a moment yeah. where Aragon was by himself. Like, oh, I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like, again, they weren't being sneaky or stealth at all. Like, they were being pretty f***ing obvious that they were there. And it's like, these Razak are not stupid. They've proven that they're pretty ruthless. They know what they're doing. They're these terrifying creatures. I feel like they knew the moment 
that like mm-hmm. they entered that city and they were just like waiting for the right moment because like they were prepared they had an army not an army that's but, a like, good point but they had a bunch of soldiers yeah you think the right moment would have been when aragon like had his back turned and was kneeling in front of the altar like moments 100%. before but yeah. I guess it's not very dramatic if they just yeah. like shoot him through the back of the neck or, or like, something. At exactly. night when they were in there. Yeah, when they, when were, they were asleep. Yeah. 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 And the the Razak are stronger at night, so that would have made more sense. Yeah. Okay, so maybe my theory is a bit flawed, but no, <laughs> I, I, I think still it's feel a good like theory. they knew. I think yeah. it's a good theory, yeah. I wonder if maybe they just like needed the time to gather the soldiers, or they wanted maybe they didn't know there was another way out of the cathedral or they didn't think aragon would be able to find another way maybe they wanted to make sure that like Sephira wasn't there yeah maybe they didn't maybe they they were like worried because like Sephira could destroy them probably so maybe they like truly want to make sure like okay the dragon's like nowhere near and then he's on his own okay like let's just like follow him and then get a good moment then we'll give you the signal like come down and i feel like it was like pretty well planned and meditated yeah. by these guys yeah. assuming the razag are working for galbatorix because everything kind of points to that or no they yeah. explicitly do don't they it's the urgles that are kind of unclear at the moment yeah. yes yeah it's likely because aragon is the only other dragon rider that galbatorix would want him alive mm-hmm. so maybe this is just where oh. the razag think it'd be easiest to capture him because he's in yeah. this big cathedral Sephira can't get to him Ron he's alone there. Yeah. Presumably they thought he was cornered. Otherwise, why would they do it there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was that he magicked that door apart. (laughs) They were like, oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He like runs through the back rooms, smashes through a couple doors, gets to like a open courtyard, I guess. Uh huh. And like jumps for the wall. And then there's like a moment where he he runs and jumps and holds onto the wall and is like hanging, about to pull himself over. And the next sentence is like, the Razak prowled into the garden, swinging their heads from side to side like wolfhounds sniffing for prey. But like a second before, <laughs> like the reason he jumped for the wall is because the Razak pushed aside the door and came into the courtyard. So it's like, can they not see? <laughs> Maybe like, they don't the, have very good vision. Maybe they don't have really good vision. That's it's weird. It is kind of weird, yeah. It's a, it was just a weird moment that I was like, did they not see him like run away from them from the doorway that they're in? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like Paulini trying to establish them as more beasts than humanoid. Yeah, yeah maybe. It almost makes me feel like, because when I read this portion, I didn't think it was that they knew he was there or not necessarily that they knew he was there from the beginning but they were following him through like some kind of magical means Mm. Mm. that would also make sense yeah this section made me feel like oh they're like casting around for like the magic trail or whatever yeah yeah that would make sense yeah i don't know I think I interpreted that as the trope where when you, like, have somebody cornered, you slow down and you get all, like, menacing as you walk towards them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, that very effective tactic that always gives the plucky protagonist time to escape over a wall like Aragon does. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and then they have, like, a very dramatic escape. Oh my gosh, so dramatic. They, like, ride their horses, probably killing a lot of people as they run through this very crowded city. 
Yes. <laughs> on their horses. On their horses. And then magic their way through the gate. Yeah, Brahm shoves all the soldiers out of the way. And Aragon does a do grind holder spell, which, <laughs> yeah. according to the translation in the book, just means hold the gate. Oh, I guess Hellgrind is Hell's Gates then. Yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> so Hell but exists in this Hell world. exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's <laughs> heaven exists. Yeah. I, I mean, I was mostly laughing at the fact that Aragon preceded Hodor. <laughs> but... Hodor. Hodor? Hodor. Hodor. Oh, I haven't watched. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) they get out of the city. It's very conspicuous. Yeah. Like, so conspicuous. so conspicuous. Also, I guess, like, supporting Sam's theory that this was all, like, planned out, Mm -hmm. they have all of these soldiers at the gates, and, like, the gates are closing to keep them in. So there must have been a plan to try to trap them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stand by it. Yeah. yeah, I sort of was expecting because like Safira, so Aragon gets like they get out and then Aragon gets on Safira's back to fly for a bit and then the mm-hmm. wind gets too strong so she has to land. Yeah, and I sort of thought the wind was is maybe it'll be revealed that it is like the Rizak or mm. Galvatorix or somebody doing magic to force. I would them believe down. that for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. especially because with that we finally get some answers to some of the things we've been speculating. Yeah. And that Sephira is notably slower than horses on land. Yeah. It's that she struggles to keep up with them, which we talked about a while ago. Yeah. I feel very gratified that something that, like, we were speculating about, even in the vaguest terms, got some confirmation. I don't know about you guys. That makes me feel pretty good about myself. (laughs) So apparently a horse can trot around... 13 kilometers per hour or eight miles an hour that's pretty fast isn't it yeah yeah but she's slower than them (laughs) she's slower than them even though she's like well i guess she's a hexapod but on land she's a quadruped yeah and about Mm -hmm. the same size but she can't quite keep up with them cannot and trotting is not like the fastest horse gait no (laughs) i don't know why that's the one they chose during their escape they're like all right post (laughs) well it was only once Safira landed so maybe it was just because she's too slow (laughs) yeah it could be yeah they started going faster and then they looked behind and Safira was like basilisk running but going very slowly (laughs) yeah like miles behind them (laughs) yeah dang just like trudging like a komodo dragon or whatever like trying (laughs) to go fast but just can't do it because she's so big (laughs) (laughs) oh poor Safira Poor <laughs> She's so unhappy in these chapters. Yeah, yeah unhappy. just miserable. Yeah, there's not a moment of her feeling any kind of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm probably supposed to feel more sympathy for Aragon, but I feel so bad for Safira because like her entire life has just been following Aragon around as he like goes off on these revenge quests and like hiding and being <laughs> separated and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> treated like she's not allowed to. I mean, she can't be seen by anybody except them. She's not allowed to interact with anybody but them. She can barely interact with them. Like, her whole existence is just trailing them at a distance. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, hide somewhere. Sucks so bad. (laughs) Like, no wonder she's cranky. She's an isolated teenager. Yeah, she wants to go join the Varden, because at least they would be able to interact with her. (laughs) Yeah, it's like she just wants to, like, hang out with people. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, it Dang. sucks to be either of them, but... Yeah, pretty much everybody I, yeah, in this book. Every, yeah. <laughs> sucks to be them. This whole thing is just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, the exciting thing about the end of this chapter is that Aragon passes out in a new and exciting way. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't just fall asleep. Doesn't nope. just fall asleep. He gets hit across the back of a... Or they go to, like, make camp for the night. And he thinks he sees something. And Bram was like, what is it? And Aragon's like, I don't know. It could just be a... And then he gets hit on the back of the head. (laughs) Passes out. I'm not sure how anybody could have gotten past Bram and Saphira to hit Aragon on the back of the head. But I suppose we'll probably find that out next time. I guess we'll find out next time. But until then, we can guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next two chapters... The next chapter has an excessive number of apostrophes because oh. it is called the Razak's Revenge. <laughs> Razak has like two apostrophes in it and it's too many. The double apostrophe word. Yeah. And then the one after is called Murtag. Murtag? <gasps> Murtag? Oh my god, Murtag. I don't know how to... Murtag? Is that Murtag. how you pronounce that name? Yeah. <gasps> Murtag. Okay, oh so god, Murtag is a character because Hannah just got like real stoked Real about excited, it. yeah. And oh my god. I'm pretty sure there was Zach who hit Aragon across the head. Yeah, that was going to be my guess too. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to get some some revenge. And then I bet you they're going to try to like do something to Aragon and Brahm and Safira and Murtag is going to come save the day. Oh. Yeah, my guess. Yeah, that sounds likely. That sounds oh right. I'm so excited for Murtag, you guys. <laughs> oh, I like how wow. Hannah's like, yeah, that sounds right, and full well, well knows whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> I I don't remember the details. I okay. remember a little bit of Murtag from book two, but pretty much nothing else. Okay. Okay. But I remember as a kid, I was very into the sad boy characters. And oh, I think Murtag is a sad boy. Oh, now oh, I'm no. having is this a sad boy? Glimmering... I, th- I think he's a sad boy. Oh, or no. he becomes a sad I'm boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're ha- going to love yeah. him, Sam. Oh, <laughs> or he's going to be super shitty now that I'm not 13. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Be. I'm either going to like love this character or I'm going to be like, no, go f- get f***ing therapy. <laughs> I think that one, realistically. Yeah, probably but I'm excited. <laughs> Remember oh this God. moment when I inevitably uh, start in hating this guy's guts? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Cool. cool. Um. Well, we've got that all figured out. Let's talk about what else we're reading. Yeah. I am still listening to the audiobook of the Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Uh. Yeah. Same opinion in that I haven't finished it yet. So <laughs> stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> That opinion I'm, of I haven't finished the book of, yet. I haven't finished it, but so far pretty good. <laughs> and then I'm also reading The Eagle and the Nightingales, which is that Bardic Bard mm. series I was talking about. Bardic Bard series. Some, some spoilers. I fully forgot. I told Sam this earlier. I fully forgot that this book, like the series has like non-human sentient races, mm-hmm. but they're like, and this is like, horse people and this is like a lizard people and this is a bird people and like the romance in the book is non-human human (laughs) (laughs) and i had forgotten and now that i'm reading i'm like this is a book for furries we've done it (laughs) finally (laughs) finally (laughs) finally a book for the furries all right so if any of our listeners are furries yeah it's a good book nice anyways (laughs) What are you guys reading? 
Well, I'm still reading Bones of the Past and Winter's Orbit, but because I'm a mood raider and in a, I'm in a certain type of mood right now, uh-huh. I decided to start Hook, Line, and Sinker by oh, Tessa okay. Bailey, which Sophia's previously talked about. It's a rom-com. It's great. I love it. <laughs> and then today I decided to start The Girl Who Fell Beneath the Sea by Axie O., which I'm going to check because I can't remember if it's YA or if it's adult, but it's basically... It's YA. It's YA, yeah. Yeah, I looked. Okay, yeah, it's a YA fantasy. It's about a girl who sacrifices herself to, like, the sea god, and it's interesting so far. It's very whimsical, very beautifully written. It's kind of like a mix of a bunch of fairy tales all in one. Uh Yeah, Sam said the word whimsical earlier (laughs) today about it, and I, like slammed on the put it on hold button at the library yeah i'm here for it (laughs) i recommended it at the library because they didn't have it and so then they they finally got it so i think i got it like first and i think it just Uh, came out like i think it's a new release and it's really short too it's i think nine hours or so oh yeah so i got like halfway through it today because i listened to it very fast but it's good so far i like it I didn't, nice. and I didn't realize it was YA, which is good because a lot of times you can good, yeah. realize things are YA yeah. just by how they're written. So yeah, <laughs> I had to, I had to do a double check. So <laughs> yeah, nice. that's me. How about you, Hannah? I finished reading a couple of the books I mentioned last time, uh, which were Anxious People by Frederick Backman and Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kemp. Both were very good. They were both better than I was expecting them to be. Nice. And I would recommend either if you are into that kind of the kind of books that they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I finished both of those fairly recently, so I haven't gotten too far with anything new. But I started the audiobook of All of Us Villains by Amanda Foodie and oh, Christine yeah. Lynn Herman. Yeah, which Sam recommended to me. Yeah. And I'm not very far in it yet. I just started it last night. But it seems like it's like a dark fantasy battle royale kind of vibe. Yeah, Does that seem right to you? Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly how I would describe it. Mm. There's like some f***ed up stuff that happens in that book. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll see. Like there's there's two like really pivotal moments that I was just like, what the f***? So I hope you like it. If you don't, that's okay too. But I hope you like it. <laughs> I'm liking it so far. Nice. I assume that Alistair is gonna do at least one of the super f***ed up things but I guess I'll find out you'll find out <laughs> actually something I I was listening to while I was making supper and I had to stop in like the middle of a paragraph I feel like he's going to be asked to do something super f***ed up I don't know if he's gonna do it or not Dang. Uh, yep um yep. other than that though Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> I was at the thrift store recently and I found Tales of Del Toro by <gasps> Emily Rada, which is a companion book to Del Toro Quest that I've never read before because I've never oh seen god. it before. And I screamed in the thrift store and I have it. And I started reading that. <laughs> wow. That's the other book I'm reading. So it's happy for you. So short. And it's just like a bunch of short stories that make up the mythology of Del Toro. Oh my god. That's I awesome. love that. More series should do that. <laughs> yeah, it's within the Del Toro books. There are like the Ten of Bird Song tales and like the stories of Pira and like the stories of Doran the Dragon Lover and stuff that all are kind of collected in the Del Toro Annals. Is that how you pronounce Annal- that word? Annals. Annals? 
Yeah, I've yeah. never known how to pronounce that word. I pronounced it anals until, <laughs> until like high school. Uh, <laughs> but it's like collecting a bunch of the stories from those and it's like written as if these stories have been like curated by Joseph the Palace Librarian, which oh, is just cool. like so great. Oh my That's god. It's so good. It's so good. So um I'm pretty sure that book's out of print. But yep. if you can find it, it's well, real worth exciting. It. Worth it. <laughs> And uh, when does this episode come out? It comes out in May, which is uh, totally soon from yeah. when we're <laughs> recording. But in May, we are reading The City We Became by N.K. Jemison for our Midlight Book Club. So if you want to join in on that one. This book has been on my TBR for probably four years. <laughs> when oh, did man. it come out? I've had it on hold for so long and I just keep delaying it and I'm so excited to finally read it. It it only came out in 2020. You're not too bad. Okay, so in 2020, the minute it came out, I put it on hold at the <laughs> library and then have just been putting it off. Yeah, wow. I've also been putting it off for a while. I didn't even know it existed until Sophie brought it up. <laughs> yeah. It was just like T. Kingfisher kept releasing books. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to read 1800 historical romances every christmas yeah my december's was full up every year (laughs) (laughs) and that's like a whole 12th of the year like when else are you supposed to read a book yeah exactly (laughs) Uh anyway if you liked this chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on spotify or your podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun related content on social media we are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. Aragon and Brom are fleeing certain death, <laughs> and we're pre-recording multiple episodes in a week to prepare for our three field seasons. So as Brom says... <laughs> right now, we have to concentrate on staying alive! Oh. <laughs> equally serious situation. Equally serious. Us equally. and Brahm and Aragon. Equally likely to result in death if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. like to think about death when I'm going offshore, so um I would like to stay alive. <laughs>